I want you to turn to your Bible, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. First Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 18. Just one verse here, a very simple verse, right in the midst of various exhortations that Paul is sharing with, uh, with these church people. And he mentions this, and it's very important to us today. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God, the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's God's will to give thanks. It's not my idea or your idea or anything like that. It is God's idea. It is his will. He wants us to be a people who are thankful. I enjoy history, and perhaps some of you do too, and I enjoy looking at the, uh, <clears throat> reading about the early beginnings of our nation, and I think these have become more meaningful to my wife and I because we've had the opportunity to travel in those areas of New England where much of our initial history of our nation uh, began. Almost four centuries ago, a small band of men and women joined their hearts and their hands together for that very first Thanksgiving. They were, there were some local Native Americans who were part of, that, uh, part of that gathering, and they gathered around tables of food in the New World. That's what they called it, the New World. And they gave thanks to God for what they had. Now, if you look at history very carefully and you realize they didn't have too much. When they got off the Mayflower, they had very little. And the very first year was extremely difficult. People died, people got sick. Many things were occurring that created intense difficulty. But these people became thankful. When you measure this by our current standards, it's very, very obvious they had very little. You and I will sit down to uh, a meal today, probably. Certainly on Thanksgiving Day itself, that will be a table filled with good things. We will enjoy it. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't enjoy it. I hope you do enjoy it. But when you think about those first, first settlers in America, it is very little that they had, but they were thankful people. The harvest was in, they were grateful to God, but their needs were very great. There were no supermarkets down the street or anything like that. Uh, and sickness and cold and hunger were a very real threat to these first Americans. Now we've come a long way since that first Thanksgiving in 1621. And today there's more than 300 million of us. And uh, we produce huge amounts of food. Our gross national product is measured in the trillions of dollars. And so there's been enormous, enormous things that have occurred in that time. Science and industry have become huge engines of, our, of the commerce uh, of this nation. We have sent men to the moon and brought them back. We scouted the edge of our solar system. And now we're talking about heading off to Mars. All of these things. We are like the pilgrims in many ways. We are the richest nation in the world, and yet we are also a troubled nation. 
and I think simply because we have forgotten and largely ignored God. I have a note here from a missionary friend that was writing, and uh, uh, he says this, the North Koreans sentence Christians, 75% of them are executed, the other 25% go into forced labor concentration camps, most of them simply die there. A Chinese man was imprisoned because he had a house church that was not sanctioned by the government. A man from India was beaten to death by angry Hindus simply because he was a Christian man. An Iraqi woman was sent to a brothel to be abused by ISIS personnel. A Syrian man was crucified to a telephone pole. A Nigerian family, their, their children were shot down as they ran from their church that was set fire by radical Muslims. These are people that have it much more difficult than we do. For those who do the will of my Father in heaven are my brothers and my sisters. And the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 11. It says, of these, the world was not worthy. These are very real things today, and I just want us to capture a moment here if we can. The fact we have such great privilege in America. Look at the place that we sat in this morning. There are nobody outside, nobody's outside roaming around with guns and things like that, ready to shoot you down when you leave, the, leave this sanctuary. Nobody's gonna burst through those back doors today and stop this service and declare that it's invalid and illegal. I hope that never changes. And we must make sure that it never does change, that we have these wonderful privileges as men and women of God. I believe a spirit of thanks, <clears throat> thankfulness can help us turn our lives back to a road toward God. I really believe that with all of my heart. Thanksgiving, it sounds like a simple thing, and yet it is a powerful thing that God uses to create in our heart a desire for him, a greater desire, greater level of desiring him. Let me give you some points here very quickly this morning because <clears throat> we need to be thankful because first of all, we owe it to God. We simply owe it to God. I want you to turn in your Bibles for a moment to Revelation chapter four. In Revelation chapter four, there's a couple passages that I want you to be aware of this morning. And these are passages that really have become songs. And it says this, verse 11, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist, and they were created. Think of this great truth, folks. God is worthy of our praise and thanksgiving simply because he is our maker. He made us. We didn't have anything to do with this. He made us. Psalm 103, 100 verse 3 says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God, and that he has made us and not we ourselves. Look again at Revelation chapter 5 and verse 12. Just for a moment, it says, Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom, strength and honor and glory and blessing. It is necessary 
to give thanks unto the Lord. Number two, we need to acknowledge his goodness. Our God is a good God. Our God is a generous God. Our God is a God who takes people that are wretched in their sin, that are just filled with sin, and reaches to us in the midst of that sin and desires to rescue us and to take us out of that sin and give us an entirely new life. Think of that for a moment. Think of that. While you were yet sinners, Christ died for us. No guarantee that we were going to say, I love you, Lord. Not, no, not one guarantee. And yet Christ died for us because he wanted us, he desired us, and he, and he reached to us in the midst of our sin, in the depth of our sin, and pulled us out of that and pulled us away from that and give us a new life, give us a new hope, give us an give us a, a, a new heart and give us all of this. And so we acknowledge his goodness. Number two, when you are thankful, you see God's love and you see it much more clearly. Your eyes are open to his, <clears throat> to his goodness and to his will. When I'm unthankful, when I refuse to be thankful, I'm saying that God is not even in the picture Basically, when I say that, listen, an unthankful person is a nation that is an unthinking nation. America's greatest problems comes from the blindness that we, we do not see the goodness of God. We do not see the favor and the power of God or any of this thing. So what do we need to be thankful for? Let me ask you this morning. Do you give thanks when you eat? I mean, folks, let's not take this for granted. We eat plenty around here. I mean, look at us. We're in good shape. Sort of. And it's just not food, folks. We need to be thankful every day. Not just on Thanksgiving. Not just that one day of the year or anything like that. I'm thankful for my clothing. I'm thankful for my home. I'm thankful for life's privileges. I'm thankful for the freedoms that God has given us. I'm thankful for the clicker that opens my garage door when it's pouring rain and it's freezing cold. Joan's thankful for her clicker. I mean, I know these sound like small trivial things, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for thermostats that keep the house warm and cools it down. I'm thankful. Why shouldn't you be thankful? I think sometimes, well, I'm thankful for the big stuff. In my, I'm thankful for the big stuff. I'm thankful for the little stuff. And all of these things, all of these blessings that God allows to come into our lives, that roll into our lives in so many things. We simply need to be thankful for God himself. I'm especially thankful this morning, and I'm guessing I'd be joined by many others here today, that Jesus came into my life. I'm thankful for that, that he lives in my life. I'm thankful that he forgave my sin. I'm thankful that he gave me a new heart that desired to love him rather than to love the stuff that I used to love and, and all of those other things that came along with that. 
I'm thankful. Matthew chapter 4, verse 16 says this. It says, the people that sat in darkness saw a great light. That describes my life. That may describe your life too. I sat in darkness. I didn't know any better. At least I thought I didn't know any better. But God give me hope. A great light has come into my life. Number three, I'm thankful for the circumstances. All of the circumstances of life are in God's hands. Now this is a little tougher one. This has a little more difficulty connected with it because the Bible says here again, reminding us again in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, that we are to give thanks in all things. That's not necessarily an easy thing to do at all times. I'm happy to do it when everything's going my way and the, everything is working and all of this, but can I give thanks when things become difficult? Can I give thanks when things are not going in my favor and not working uh, the way I'd hoped it would? I need to give thanks. And I believe only the man or the woman of God, listen to me carefully, only the person of God that loves Jesus Christ, that knows him as the Savior and Lord of their life, that's the person that can make sense out of that particular passage. Nobody else can do it. Nobody else will. The Christian does face time of tears. We do face time of difficulty, even painful things and hard to understand things. And yet God still wants to fill our lives to an overflowing capacity with his presence, with his love, with his forgiveness, with his provision, with his comfort, and all of these things that God wants to help us to understand and know. And at the end of the day, we recognize, <clears throat> we recognize the goodness of God. We recognize his hand that was extended to us even though our life may have sorrow in it and sadness in it. Let's be careful about unthankfulness. Turn with me just for a moment. I want you to go with me to first, uh, or Romans chapter 1 just for a moment. Romans chapter 1 is an interesting chapter because it tells us some things about unthankfulness. These are very graphic things that Paul writes here, beginning in Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. Listen to what he, I, I, actually I'm going to begin reading in verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. Now here it comes. Here's the heart and the soul, I think, of what Paul is talking about in this particular passage of Romans right here. Hang on. Listen. Although they knew God, they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and foolish hearts were darkened, and professing themselves wise, they became fools. Folks, I'm going to ask you something this morning. Does that describe much of culture today? They know about God. They know about God. They realize there's God. We don't know him, we don't understand him, we don't know if he's personal, we don't know if he does anything, we don't even know if he's around, but we think something's around. They know about God. And the reason I know they know about God is I keep hearing them use his name. Don't you? I've heard them use his name, of which they should be very careful about. 
and never do that. And so anyway, the Bible says, because they would not glorify him and be thankful. Did you read that? And be thankful in their hearts. God says, I turn you over to foolishness. I turn you over in this way. Unthankfulness is an extremely high price to pay. You simply cannot ignore God's rights. You can't ignore these things. I believe many of America's deepest troubles can be traced directly to unthankfulness and the foolishness of forgetting God. We've drifted a long, long way since that first Thanksgiving. A long way. Those pilgrims had so little, and yet there was a richness in their faith, a tremendous richness in their faith, and, what, and they could clearly see God working in so many different ways. Their faith was in him. They looked to him for help. I've read a number of things, like I mentioned on this thing, and it's an interesting thing. I hear people saying, you know, God really didn't have that much to do at the beginning of this country. Really? then you are a person that really hasn't read anything about history. <clears throat> I don't know what book you might be using. I don't know what source you might be reading. But God had so much to do <coughs> about the development and the early days of this, of this country. Not just the early days, but then continuing on in many different ways, powerful ways. Think of this. These same pilgrims that had that first Thanksgiving, the next year they planted a crop. The crop came up, but by the time June or mid-June came, it quit raining, and it hadn't rained for three months. And the crop was simply dying and withering. It was nothing. You guys who farm in here, you plant corn, and it doesn't rain for three months, guess what you've got? Crop failure. Those two words. And so what did they do? They prayed, they asked God to perform a miracle, to give them rain. It began raining that night, and it rained for several days, a quiet, gentle rain. The crops revived. I'm not sure if I've ever seen that. Revived and gave them a tremendous crop that year. How did that happen? It was because people began to rely upon God, and God honored them, honored their faith, honored their commitment, honored their thankfulness, and revived a corn crop. I think if God were to speak to America today, and I believe he is, I believe God does speak to America, I believe God is speaking loud to America through a prophet, I believe he might be saying what Jeremiah said to Israel. Listen to this carefully. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they have hewn out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Think of that just for a moment, just for a moment. My people have committed two, first of all, they forgot. They forgot, I'm God. I am the Lord, and I fail not. I am the Lord, I, I provide, and all of these things. 
But listen, God, we're going to do things our way. We're going to dig our own cisterns, our own wells, and all of these things. And God says they don't hold any water. There's nothing, there's nothing valuable about, uh, about them. And they're not going to do you a bit of good. I think of that woman at the well in John chapter 4. Here is a woman that was trying to hew out, if you will, dig out a cistern that would hold water in her life. Her life had little meaning. She had tried a lot of things in her life. She had tried love and marriage. It just wasn't working for her. It had failed. She had failed. Why was she coming to get water at the hottest part of the day? It's because nobody wanted to be around her. Socially, she was being shunned. We just don't want to be a part of your life. We're not interested in your life. And then she met Jesus. And Jesus said, listen, I've got living water. And you can drink from this well. And it will satisfy you. Not just because I was thirsty and got a good drink of water, but I'm talking about satisfaction that, that flows deep within our lives, within our hearts, within our mind and our spirit. This is, a, this is, a, this is a, a, a drink from a well that God provides. And it changed her life. Totally transformed her. As a matter of fact, she went back into the community. A community that had shunned her. A community in which she was well known. A community in which <clears throat> nobody really liked her. And she says, come and meet a man who's changed everything in my life. And that's what Christ does. We make a fatal mistake, folks, when we think in our thinking uh, we can be wise and good without the help of God. We can still be great, we can, and that we can be great and still reject the terms of God. We must turn back. We need to find that road back again. And I believe today it begins with thanksgiving. Not just thanksgiving on this Thursday, but I'm talking about thankfulness that flows out of our hearts, out of our lives. Whether you've got nothing to put on the table this Thursday or whether you've got plenty, if you have Christ in your life, the thanksgiving of God in your life, you have everything. You are incredibly wealthy with the things that only heaven can provide in your life. I've spoken so much about national issues and things like that. <clears throat> But let's roll it back into Faith Community Church for a moment. How is it with you this morning? How is it with you in Thanksgiving this morning? Are you thankful? I talk to people a lot. I talk to a lot of people in any given week. And I, from time to time, I find, I find those folks. that seem to be so distraught by this or that or whatever it is, but are you thankful? Are you thankful? Can you look up to God and give him thanks even if it is through a veil of tears? Can you give him thanks? Because he asks us to do that. And that is a step of incredible faith knowing that God, even though there's pain in my life, even though I know that 
things have not turned out the way I hoped or this situation is occurring right now that has me so troubled. Through that veil of tears, oh Lord, I give you thanks. I give you thanks. And that's just not my words, it's with my heart. I give you thanks. It's not a question of how much I've got, but how thankful I am. And I hope you are, because I want to remind you over and over that God does love you dearly. And because you struggle today, if there's somebody in here that struggles with whatever it is, and I don't know what it is, it does not mean that God is upset at you or that somehow God is trying to be mean with you or anything like that. Those are fairy tales. Do not believe them. Because our God is consistent. He is steady. He doesn't change. I am the Lord. I do not change. He says it over and over through the Bible. And he doesn't change with you. And he hasn't changed with you. Start today. Give him thanks. Lift up your hearts today. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. And allow him to begin a process of flooding and flowing into your life in fresh ways, in dynamic ways that brings a wonderful change. I thank God. If Jesus had not come, just think of our sin because it separated us from God. Oh my goodness. If there's one thing to be thankful for, everyone should be thankful for Jesus. Amen? Amen. We're going to pray in just a minute. Janet, would you return, please? A simple childlike faith and trust in Jesus, I think, is a real key to happiness and, and uh, genuine thanksgiving. Thankfulness, thankfulness doesn't come because we have a Thanksgiving turkey. It doesn't come because we got a bumper crop of corn and soybeans doesn't come because business was good this year. It comes only because Jesus satisfies my soul. And I am thankful. And when that becomes the benchmark of our life, all of the other things, they are important things. I grant you that, they are important. But when the benchmark of our life is steady, he is Jesus, then I have everything. I have everything. Would you pray with me right now? Father, I thank you that you died on a cross to purchase a way that my sins can be forgiven. Father, I am thankful today for that. I cannot imagine what my life would be without Jesus Christ. I can only think of how bad it probably would have been. I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you cared enough for me to reach down and in the darkness of sin, help me to find light, hope, salvation, forgiveness, and new purpose, and a whole new trajectory for my life. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for many things in my life. 
Thank you for providing me with a nice home. Thank you for giving me uh, cars to drive and food on the table. Thank you, Father, for just blessing my life in, in so many extraordinary ways. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the opportunity to be a pastor. Thank you for the opportunity to love people. Thank you for the opportunity to, to see the, the, the wonderful working of God in people's lives. Thank you for that privilege. Father, I pray for anybody here in this church service today that perhaps they're realizing right now their first step their first step is to get right with God, to deal with the sin issues of their life, and to ask Jesus Christ to forgive them. And so, Father, in the next moment or so, help somebody to just simply pray with me. And to do that right now, Jesus Christ, come into my life. Forgive my sin. I recognize that I am a sinner and I can't save myself. Thank you that you died on a cross for forgiveness and I receive you, I ask you to literally come into my heart, transform my life in this moment from a sinner to one who is saved. I thank you that you rose from the dead I thank you that if I'm really honest with you this morning and prayed with all honesty that my name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you for beginning a new journey for me. Thank you for what you do today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.